0: Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, your love, your peace, your salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us so much. Help us to grow in that relationship with you today, to expand our revelation knowledge of you, to grow in eternal life, which is in knowing you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 8, turn over there if you would. I was just meditating today off and on, just as I do, Lord, what do you have? What do you want to share? And it just kept coming back about the different influences on people as a whole, so I guess you could call this under the influence, if you want, <laughs> because we're all under the influence of something. Thank God that, uh, as I look around, everyone here has escaped <laughs> the being under the influence of things that maybe we once were. <laughs> I don't know if all of you were, but I, I for one, you know, I used to drink a lot. I did some other things, silly things. None of that bothers me anymore, but we're all under the influence mentally, aren't we? Our souls, our mind, our will, emotions are under the influence of the world. Everyone's influenced by something. The media is a big thing these days, just pops into my mind, right? People are greatly influenced by the media. You talk to someone for a few minutes and if they go into that taboo area that people are taught at an early age not to discuss in polite uh, company, (laughs) those subjects, you you know uh, what channels they watch, basically. The media is a big thing. They have a big influence. That's why the enemy is so attracted to it. Entertainment influences us. The things that we set before us. That's why the word says, I shall set no vile thing before me. In other words, our eyes gates and our ear gates are something that we should guard and watch over. And have respect for what goes into the temple of God whether it's through our mouth or through our eyes or ears. Education is another big one, and the enemy has a great allure in that regard as well. He's taken over most of our highly thought of educational universities and colleges. Or has a great influence in them, I would say. these are just things that have come to my mind. I think I can prove them out. I don't think I have to prove it to any of you. All those things are true. Peer pressure is another one. We have direct influence from people around us. Our jobs influence us. Power is an influence. It's a temptation. And it can influence people, can't it? Usually when that is the temptation. And that's something that's allowed to influence someone. It's not in a positive way. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Resentment. All a terrible influence on someone's life. We see entire sects and groups of our culture. Driven by an agenda, a motivation, driven, if the truth be known, by bitterness and unforgiveness. Even large groups of the church. When you say, how can all of evangelicals see what's so obvious to most? Yet there's a whole another culture of people over here who live and love the church, they say, and... They see things completely opposite. There's bitterness in there. There's a motivation that is not of God, and I can prove it. But God loves us all, and he wants us out. My prayer is that, Lord, wherever any of us be lacking, show us. Help us to see. Help us to see. And then there are others influenced by sinful desires, lust, and or love, which is a good influence, motivation, which is the, the, the only good motivation. God says that anything that we do or give that's not motivated by His kind of love, the kind of love that gives without looking for something in return, then it profits us nothing. If you're giving expecting something in return from that person when I give I expect a return but from God that person's off the hook because that's not a godly way to give if we're doing kindness if we think we're doing kindness we're expecting something in return what well, we really just doing business and that's not love lots of influences But look what Jesus said. I was just looking here in in John chapter 8. He had been preaching. This is right after the woman was caught in adultery uh, in John chapter 8. And and we saw the beautiful picture of, of grace there. Jesus freed her from this condemnation and empowered her to go and sin no more. And then he began to speak to all these people. In the temple, he would teach like this, and he would just orate for hours. And they would hate him and love him, and they believed on him, but then they would look back to their religious leaders of the day, those people who were supposed to be important, those people who had influence on their church, so to speak, their synagogue and their, their culture, and then they would get afraid of them, and so then they would turn on Jesus. But when they listened to him, they knew he was from God. And it says in, in Roman in, in John eight thirty one. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you abide in my word if you remain in my word if you look up what you if you look this up you'll see that this abiding this this has a, an influence on you it it causes you to act upon to believe on John 8:31 Those who remain in my word, who abide in my word, who act upon, who live out my word. Those are the ones who are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we know Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by him. I want to show you today about this influence that we're discussing. That it's only those who are influenced more by the Word of God than their experiences who have true hope, who have true peace. Who have a true relationship with the Lord that causes them to live out the life that he's called them to. Look in, go back to Ecclesiastes. Jesus, Jesus would just lay it out there, right there in that same chapter, right after he said this. Those who remain in my word. Who live in, in my word. Who act on my word. That's my real disciples. And he went on to tell these. All these religious leaders of the day. He said you're you're of your father the devil. You're not from God. They were telling him we're, we're Abraham's children. We're this and that. He said Abraham did this and that. You're not of him. If you were you would love me. But you're of your father the devil. He told him. And these, this is like going up to the Pope. And all his bishops and. And cardinals and telling them that they're of the devil. That's what he did. And he said if you remain in your sin. You're going to. You're going to die in it. And you're going to. You're going to be apart from God forever. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Tell me when you got it. Um, Ecclesiastes 11. <laughs> right before the Song of Solomon. Right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. That little scripture, he who regards the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Picture, if you will, a farmer who's sitting there with these sacks of seed but he's looking for any excuse. He's, he's the naysayer. You all know him. He has an excuse and a negative reason not to do everything. <laughs> and this is the guy you're like, well, I think it's going to rain. I think the wind is going to blow. And if he doesn't plant that seed... You know the crop that he's going to get. Nothing. Being in the construction industry for many years, I've learned something. Those crews that always not coming to work because it was supposed to rain. Just go ahead and get rid of those guys. They cost you a lot of time. The ones that are the most productive, they don't even pay attention to the weather. If it's there and it's too hard to work, they just get back in the truck. And if it persists for a long time, they'll look at the weather and see if it's going to keep raining like that all day. And then they'll go on home. But they show up unless it's already, you know, you know what I'm saying. There are some people that are just looking for a reason. But this goes beyond that. What this is saying is that it requires faith. To live a life with God requires faith. If we look around at what we see all the time in this world. (coughs) We're never going to accomplish the things that God has for us to do. And if we only look at things. That in a way that we attempt to tackle things that we can accomplish on our own, our own physical strength, our own financial prowess, then there's little room for God to show off in that situation. And I'm going to tell you, when God is calling you to do something, it's always going to be something way bigger than you could ever possibly achieve on your own. <clears throat> when I look at church buildings, I look at our bank account, <laughs> I look around, and I'm looking for that fixer-upper, <laughs> I'm looking for that, and then I'm reminded of God. He taps me on the shoulder and says, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you believing me? Why aren't you speaking faith into this situation? And so those are the struggles that we all have, right? I mean, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just being, I'm being real with you. That's, you know, I'm not unlike you in that sense. I know all the truth though, you know, like I was telling you earlier that I have to, I encourage people all the time and other ministers. And then I turn around and encourage myself. I know all the answers, but you still go through the same things. It's good to know the answers though. And to, re- and to respond to the truth that you already know. You come back to yourself. Preach yourself happy, you know. <clears throat> Otherwise, what was all that learning for? <laughs> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Have you ever meditated on that for a whole day? And then turn around and ask yourself, what areas of my life am I releasing faith? What am I believing for? What am I hoping for? What am I trusting God for? I can see it. I can see it just as real as day. And I'm believing for it. I'm believing God. That pleases God, as long as it's things that are godly. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So this faith. That God requires of us. Said the just shall live by faith. My just shall live by faith. Talking about us. My righteous ones. You saints. You redeemed persons. Shall live by faith. And that comes through the word of God. Again. Have you ever meditated on that for a day? (laughs) And then asked yourself. Am I still growing in faith? It's like going to the gym. Remember how I used to, I haven't had it in a while because I I stopped uh, being a member, but I had my Planet Fitness little keychain thing. <laughs> I'd drive by Planet Fitness and say, It's not working. I'd hold it up, you know. And if it could talk, it'd say, Yeah, you got to come in. <laughs> And not just to use the sunbed or the uh, massage uh, table. (laughs) Chair, whatever. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how, how often are we pursuing strengthening our faith through the word of God? How much time are we spending in the word of God? Not like a work, but... Just because of the fact that we believe. We know that that's where our faith comes from. And we know that without that faith, it's impossible to please God. And we know by faith is what we use to obtain the things that are promised in God's word regarding us. Amen. Amen. I hope y'all are just thinking about that because you got quiet. Man, you're being tough on us today. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I just, I, I, you know what I, I feed you guys? The same things I feed on. The things that bless me, that help me, that encourage me, that make me stronger and closer to God. An old mentor of mine taught me that years ago as a young minister always looking for that great message to preach you know always trying to figure out what the next (laughs) and he said stop doing that just feed them what you're feeding on it's good enough for you it's good enough for them so that's what I do I, uh, somebody, somebody look up, you have your, your, uh, your iPhones there, yes. type in faith brings understanding, Google, or Bible? Google. scripture, faith brings understanding, well, that Bible? let's see if I find it. Or remember before y'all do, I think it's going to be in the 11th chapter. Say it again. Say it again. Our faith brings understanding. And I know it's in the 11th chapter. Hebrews it's three. Hebrews, that was right. Oh, you beat me by three seconds. Okay. <coughs> Let's read this together. I want to... Hebrews chapter 11. We were just talking about faith. I should have known it was the faith chapter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're still talking about what influences us. And what I said was, I'm, I'm trying to make us... Help us to understand that those who have strong relationship that are successful in their Christmas li- Christian life christmas line i love christmas are those who more influenced by god than by the world or by their experiences amen by their emotions by their friends by their education or the media etc now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction conviction of things not seen Yours might say the evidence of things hoped for. Same thing. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. Verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So, Faith brings understanding. By faith we understand the things of God and that everything we know and see were created by the word of God and are therefore held together by the word of God. And if that word were untrue, everything would come undone. And so there's nothing more stable than more positive, more helpful than the word of God. Remember last week we were talking about from 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed or given by inspiration of God. So this word is the most important thing coupled with the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I just can't help but see that even though Christians are blessed and should be envied by the world, all of the things that we've inherited due to that relationship go largely untouched and unused. And we need to just repent of that. Repent. Just turn around and go the other way regarding that thought or that action, right? Toward God. And he says it's the word because the because it's faith, right? Is what we're after. Faith is what pleases him, but we see that it's the word that faith comes from. <laughs> so you can't unconnect the two. If you ever read my book, you see that the whole thing goes in a circle anyway. You can't disconnect anything of God. It's continuous. And everything has to do with everything. That's the unity of God and us. Let me get down to the hardcore essence of this something that affects all too many psalm 42 psalm 42 and 43 Have you ever heard the song, As the Deer? John plays it for us sometimes. Let's just start. Let's just read this. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for flowing streams, as the deer panteth for the water, the King James. That's where the song comes from. So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. This was the psalmist crying out to the Lord. While well, then say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go through with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival question why are you cast down o my soul and why are you in turmoil within me hope in god for i shall again praise him my salvation and my god my soul is cast down within me therefore i remember you from the land of jordan and of hermon from mount mizar deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Listen to him preach himself happy. I say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, with adversaries, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Again, hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. We keep reading into the 43rd. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people Once again, verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Again, the answer, hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Three times in Psalm 42 and 43, the psalmist asks the same question. Why are you down? Why? Why? Are you depressed? Why? And people ask this question in social and medical settings, all the time. That's what they talk about. You can't turn on the television without lengthy commercials to drive you crazy. All about this depression. And everybody has an answer. Everybody has a solution. But I guarantee you people. In this world seldom have the right answers to things. We know that it is not within man to direct his own steps. There's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is destruction. And that's what you generally see and hear. Here. And are influenced by. If you're not careful in the world. They blame what? Circumstances. And. Chemical reactions. In the body. Right? We know. And I. Based. If I'm someone who lives. By the word of God. And I'm just. Faithful enough to say if God said it, that settles it because it says all scriptures God breathed and given by inspiration of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So. Just like. The song I was listening to on the way to church. Great, great new song. I want to go back. Is what the guy says. I want to go back. You know what he wants to go back to. He wants to go back in Time. To a time when he was young. He says, I want to go back to where I had great faith. Because he's experienced life now. He's grown up. And the hardships and the circumstances of life have taken and hit him right between the eyes. And he says, I want to go back to where I had the mountain moving faith. And he describes it. He says, I want to go back to Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. I want to go back to this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And I said, what a powerful message, because that's what we all need to do is get back to that childlike faith, faith in him alone, to where we put more trust in what God says than what we see and what the world says, what our circumstances say, what the doctors say. They say it's circumstances. They say it's physical, the chemical reactions in the body, right? Things like that. And I say no, because right here it says that it's a lack of hope. Every time, all three times. And he asks, why? Why is my soul cast down? Why am I depressed? Why am I down? He says, hope in God. It says it's a lack of hope. And I, I tend to agree. It doesn't make me anything special. It makes me smart. If I agree with God. Circumstances of our life can only make us depressed. If we allow those circumstances to steal our hope. And the other hand, the chemical reactions that they're always talking about and trying to fix; those aren't what's causing the depression. The depression is what's causing the chemical imbalance. Hope and hope and depression are polar opposites. They cannot coexist. You know how we always talk about God created us. Only one end of the seesaw can be up at a time. It's either faith or unbelief. Can't have both. It's like a tug of war in the spiritual realm. And the life that we live, it wars against hope, doesn't it? Like a big suction, a vacuum, trying to steal hope. And then we tune into all these things that influence, like I said, besides this, I don't know why we don't, we don't have, there's a, there's a lot of spiritual laziness. I know people that will go out and work three jobs and (laughs) can't, you know, don't ever sit down or rest, but they won't give God 10 minutes. I call that spiritual laziness because it's just like anything else. We talk about the faith muscles and everything. Everything in the spiritual realm is just like in the physical. It just takes practice and determination and persistence and and those things. But a great habit is to keep this nearby. To keep it nearby. saw so a minister, a friend of mine last week said, how can you keep saying, not speaking to me, but you might as well, but how can you say that God's not speaking to you when you never have your Bible open for him to speak through to you? So, knowing that faith is the answer, knowing that a lack of hope is what's Causing the drain on us. Emotionally and psychologically. and Physically. And that this life is terminal. None of us getting out of here alive. But man. He's a God of life. And not of death. And we. If we can't. If we can't. Get up the strength, the courage to hope again, then we need to go back to a place where we did. Draw on that if you have to. Pray and ask God to help us to dream again. I wrote a song one time on Thanksgiving night, 2009, after visiting our folks. We came back. In Texas City. I sat down on the couch. And in about two minutes. I wrote a song. My Lord Jesus. And it, and it talks about. My Lord Jesus paid the price for me. My Lord Jesus suffered on Calvary. <clears throat> and it goes on to say that. He's. He's teaching me now. To dream again. After he had saved me. and And that's such a such a beautiful thing but we have to really embrace that and really depend upon him to do that because the world can suck all the dreams out of you and we're never too old for this message because we can have it again you know i see people <coughs> that are in their 80s and 90s and i see i see more and more interviews with people that are 100 and over and like you used to see one once a year or something on like Good Morning America. And they were like, had the one toe in the grave, you know. Now you see 100-year-old people and they like me. I'm like, well, golly. And they're like, what do you do? Oh, not much really. I walk a lot, you know. And I just have a good life, you know. I had a good wife for 89 years, you know. She took good care of me. I don't know. But we need to have hope. This life is uh, is brief, in the sense that eternity is really long. We have people dying all around us that don't know God. I think that's a big thing. It bothers me. I I try not to take it too personal, but it is because I, I love I love people. I don't want anyone to die apart from God. So there's a balance there, I know, but we all, you know, the, the acronym for this church is helped heal, empower, love and prosper the body of Christ. And the goal was and is that we be the first reciprocate, recipients of that help, just like that falling air mask in the plane so that we in turn can help others. So we need to be walking in the victory that we preach, that we have learned about, that we have come to believe. We know these things are true, but God always comes back to me with, "It's just not." It's the the gospel is simple, but it, the Christian life is simple, but it's not easy. Nothing easy about a life of faith. It should be. If we just in total agreement and surrender with God, it's easy. But that dying to yourself is a daily process. We keep crawling down off the altar, don't we? And then we have to put ourselves back up there. We <laughs> get Romans 15 and then, then I'll, I'll, I'll be done. I hope I've... Made a good point or two today. It's made an impression on me. Thinking on these things. And they're helping me. And I know a lot of of folks. That can be helped by them. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. Another version says, May the God of all hope, same difference, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is important. You see that? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So we don't want to be struggling with unbelief because it hinders our faith, which by in turn hinders our hope. Because is it faith the evidence or the substance of things hoped for? Hmm? See, so you, you ever thought about that? What does that mean? What is it? Faith is the evidence or faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, it's, it's without hope. That's why it's such an important thing. Without, without hope, there's what? What's the polar opposite now, we know, of, of hope? That's maybe a faith. But what we've been talking about today. Depression. 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 So without hope, there's depression and darkness is, is, is a party to that because it's of the devil. It's not of God because it's the furthest thing away from God. So without hope, without dreaming and believing and it's, it's it's basically believing hope in God is a positive thing, a confident thing, a, a confident expectation of good from God. So it's developing a God given dream, believing for something until you can see it, you can visualize it in your mind and in your heart, and you. And you and you ask, you've asked God for this and you see it so perfectly that it ignites faith within you. The thing that God has placed in you to release, to go out and obtain those things that you hope for. And so you make this proclamation of faith. You speak it because you see it. And you believing in for it. <clears throat> that's what it means. It says faith is the substance. Or the evidence. It's evident. Because you have spoken your faith. And now that faith. Is on the hunt. It's that tractor beam. That's going out to obtain the things. That we have believed for. The things that have been provided. By the grace of God. Through the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the God of all hope is what it says here in Romans 15:13. God has provided the victory through his word for every situation in our life. So circumstances should never be something that we're defeated by because God is bigger than our circumstances. God and regarding the body and all these things that they say, which they have it opposite. It's the it's these negative emotions, these demonic oppression and emotions that are causing the physical problems, not vice versa. Just try seeing it that way, seeing it like God says and see If that doesn't help, why, (coughs) why, why are you just, why are you just picking on me? I'm already depressed. I'm already hurting. Why are you just picking on me? Just telling me how wrong it is and how not of God it is and how demonic it is. I want you to know the truth because it's the truth that will set you free. Because James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a promise that you can get your hopes up about. So now, something that the doctor said was physical and the psychiatrist said was circumstantial, I see as being evil. Evil. As not of God, but of the devil. And now my God is bigger than that. And he told me, resist that. If it's of the devil, resist it. And it will flee from me. Well, I tried. Okay, try again. I tried for 10 minutes. Try for 15. The devil's watching you. He already knows you're good for 10 or 12. 12. Get in the Word. My faith isn't strong enough. Well, here's where it comes from. Dig out the promises of God regarding you. Put your trust in Him instead of the world. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Amen? God has the victory for every situation and circumstance in this life. Everything. And they're all in this book. All we have to do is believe. Go back to a place. Peel away everything else that's not of God. Everything that is vying for your time and affection that's not of God. Set it all aside. Get with God. Allow Him to build your faith. Develop some dreams. To see yourself as He sees you. Healthy and whole and prosperous. In every area of your life. And then settle for nothing less. Release your faith toward those goals. Those dreams. And stand on it. And anyone that comes to steal that dream. Or speaks negative about something you are believing for. Which is godly don't allow it don't allow it what the weapons the word says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue rising up against you you shall condemn i don't mean you go around fighting with everybody but if somebody says you're stupid no i'm not in the name of jesus i reject those words don't let somebody put a curse on you I don't care who it is. With all due respect, mama. (laughs) If you have to. That's not what God says about me. There's a way to say things without being rude. And still getting your point across. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for faith. That comes by your word. Help us to grow in faith. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith, Lord. Come alongside us, Holy Spirit. You great paraclete. Come alongside us and strengthen us and help us to pray and help us to study the Word and help us to believe on the promises of God regarding us. Help us to dream again. Help us to believe that you want us to prosper in every way, physically, mentally, financially, relationally. Thank you, Lord. Help us to see all the wonderful things you have for us, to build the dreams that you have dreamed for us in our heart. Help us to see them clearly and then to release our faith toward those things and not settle for anything less because we know. That you are a God of your word. That you love us. And that your word is true. Help us to reject depression in the name of Jesus. And instead to develop our hope. Our trust in you. Thank you for loving us Lord. Thank you for blessing us in every way. Help us to be healed. Empowered, loved and prospered. To know the love that you have for us so that we may in turn help others in this way. In Jesus' name, amen.